Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Well, the Indianapolis Colts made a phone call to the Houston Texans about the possibility of taking a meeting with quarterback Deshaun Watson. The Texans said you'll get nothing and like it. I'm surprised the Colts even did it because I don't think the Colts would have traded for Deshaun Watson. I think they're gravitating away from the big splash quarterback expenditure and they're going to go a different way. I just think maybe the Colts were trying to stir up a little trouble here. And I joked about the possibility that that they, they express their interest that way so that Deshaun Watson ultimately will say, I'm only going to waive my no trade clause for the Colts. I don't think it's going to come to that, but I just think it's funny the Colts did it because I really don't think the Colts were interested. I just think the Colts were were feeling a little impish and wanting to force the Texans to say, no, we're not going to let you talk to well, me. Well, maybe. You take your cuts. I mean, why not? Why not? It's Deshaun Watson. You know, like we've talked about, it's superstar when when hitting on all cylinders. And the Colts, you know, again, a team that you and I look at and go, damn, they're good. They're not far off. I, I mean, I'm a little interested to see what the hell they're going to do at quarterback. I am. I mean, I know everybody thinks of Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo. I want to go, okay, he can't practice. He can't practice. He can't do anything till July. He gets hurt all the time anyways. You're gonna you're gonna shit you're gonna trade Carson Wentz and get him the I didn't say the word I was gonna say something else I said S H I P okay all right but okay. they 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 okay. we're gonna trade Carson Wentz for what uh, a quarterback who is rivaling Carson Wentz with dumb interceptions during the year and bonehead moments that to me is what I just I don't get either I'm gonna go wait we're gonna trade bonehead number one to get bonehead number two and <laughs> and deal with that and I'm trying to say that jokingly I know they're not boneheads in real life but you know with some of their decisions they make throwing the football I mean again the last play of Jimmy Garoppolo's career in San Francisco is dumb interception being twirled around and throwing a ball like Carson Wentz so are we just go so I, th- that to me is where I look at the Colts and go yeah of course they tried to call the Texans because they're panicking right now 
Yeah, uh, we, we said last week that Jimmy Garoppolo is basically Carson Wentz, except his teammates like him. I mean, that, that's yeah, that's and, a good and, way to put it. We both yeah. agree, and yeah. we both agree that Carson Wentz is a better overall prospect. He's got a higher ceiling. Right. We've seen more from him. He's got better skills if you can just iron them out and point them in the right direction. As I said last week, Wentz can do the hard part of the job. It's the easy part of the job that he yeah, trips over. That's right. But that's he's right. now he's now stumbled his way to Washington. So the Colts aren't going to get. Deshaun Watson. I how about how about if this meeting goes well today per multiple Woo! reports between the Browns and Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield, oh boy, they're trolling Baker Mayfield at this point. Baker's going to be upset. And you know what? I I I it's his own problem. It's his own fault if he's upset. And if you can't function, if you get freaked out because your team is considering a major upgrade at quarterback, how are you ever going to be trusted to be the major upgrade at quarterback? If you're going to if you're going to lose it over the possibility that they're going to go get Deshaun Watson, but maybe Mayfield ends up in Indianapolis if it goes that way. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but we're talking about who the Colts get. You got a guy who's going to make $18.8 million this year in the last year of his rookie deal, the fifth-year option. That's not all that much money when you look at the quarterback market. You get one year with Mayfield. He's got to go somewhere. I mean, I can't imagine yeah. the Browns taking on $35 million for Watson and paying Mayfield no $18.8 right. No way. So either Mayfield goes to the Texans as part of the transaction, which is possible. He's from Texas, and that would put some fans in the stands. Yes. I don't know. He's better than Davis Mills. Right. Uh, but – this this somebody told me last Thursday night. Somebody in the know told me last Thursday night about the Vikings and the Browns being interested in Deshaun Watson. And when I heard the Browns, I thought, but it's it's real. They would not be meeting with him if no they weren't way. interested because you do this dance, you are willingly undermining your relationship with your current starter, and you're making it harder to sell to your fan base that that guy is your best possible alternative and your top choice. Yeah, and again, I think that's a little bit. Uh, teams, there's definitely a lot of teams in football that look at Deshaun Watson and go, game changer. Uh, just game changer. It's probably why the Colts call. They're probably, yeah, we know it's not, but damn, this guy, I mean, who knows? We get him on our team, we're in, we're Super Bowl team. And yes, so you don't pass up these opportunities, let alone you don't know where the future's going with Baker Mayfield. You have no idea right now. You know, what's Baker Mayfield asking for? What's his representation asking for money-wise? It doesn't sound like you never – we never heard any rumors that they were even close or anything like that. So they must be far apart, let alone last year didn't give, do a lot to give them confidence to go, oh, wait, he's definitely the guy of the future. Uh, so there's that issue. Baker Mayfield, I'm sure he is pissed off. Sorry, London, about seeing this today or last night, whenever it broke, I'm sure. But, yeah, to your point, he's got to understand that. You know, but he's going to look at it and go, wait, <clears throat> I'm the number one pick. You know, we went to the playoffs two years ago. Man, last year I put my body on the line and played hurt and did all that. You know, we didn't have a lot of, you know, help for me at the wide receiver position. So he's going to look at that and feel slighted. I understand that. But he can't let it affect him to where it becomes emotional outbursts or anything like that, to your point, Mike, certainly. And this one's, this one's interesting to see where this goes. This really is because this would be another one where you'd go game changer in the NFL, game changer for the AFC if Deshaun Watson ended up on the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, I wrote something yesterday about whether or not the mere fact that the Browns are interested in Watson should wake the Steelers up to possibly going after Watson because you're going to possibly have Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, and Mitch Trubisky as the week one starters in the AFC North, which could result in the Steelers being left in the dust if Trubisky 
doesn't play up to the level of these other guys. I mean, you got three true franchise quarterbacks in that division if Watson ends up in Cleveland. He's got to want to go to Cleveland. Yeah. He's got to want he's got to want to waive his no trade clause. He holds the power here, Chris. Yes. Met with the Saints and Panthers yesterday. The Browns today and maybe more teams to come. And I, I think they're playing this the right way. Over the weekend, it was the breathless reporting about this team's interested and that team's interested and that team's interested. So get everybody smoked out. Get everybody at the table. Then Deshaun Watson figures out who he's interested in because he's got that no trade clause hammer. Then you get a group of two, three, four teams that he would agree to be traded to. The Texans basically auction the contract to the guys that Watson will play for. The only problem is if it's down to one team, the Texans have a mess because they don't have the leverage of we'll just keep him because they're not just going to keep him. Right. The Seahawks had the leverage of we'll just keep Russell Wilson. It doesn't matter if there's only one team. If you don't give us what we like, we'll just keep him. The Texans can't do that because he's not going to play for them. They don't want him playing for them. They don't want to pay him $35 million to not play next year. So the Texans desperately need Watson to at least give a thumbs up to two teams and ideally three or four so you can really goose the bidding but if you're Watson you also don't want to go to a team that's been stripped of draft picks too many draft picks where it's gutted and you're not going to have a team around you because of everything that was given up to get you from the Texans Uh, it's risky it's where a place like Cleveland to me would be you know uh, less riskier than the 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 Panthers or the Saints because their team's kind of set up I mean, what you look at Cleveland again, I mean, we there's nobody in football that doesn't disagree. Cleveland was one of the disappointing teams and stories of football last year. I mean, they're too talented not to be in the playoffs. And if you're Deshaun Watson, that'd be one of those teams you look at and go, whoa, they're on the cusp. They just got Amari Cooper. We got another receiver just in the mix with, you know, Schwartz who can really run and, Don, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones. And, you know, you got tight end play and running backs. Wow. I mean, they, they are close. And. And I'm like, I mean, what do, what do you think here? Like, what's what's the Florio pasta meatballs gut here say? Like, is this one where they just look at it and go, wait, Deshaun Watson's too good. We got to take a chance and take our cut and just see if we can get him. Or is it like more about, man, we just the contract situation with Baker Mayfield. We don't know where the hell it's going to go. So we got to look at this option because we don't know where we'll be in a year from now. Like, what, what's your kind of gut on that? I think they're seriously going after him. I don't yeah. think you you undermine your relationship with Baker Mayfield. Yeah, that's a good point. That's right. Un- unless unless the strategy is we're going to put Baker Mayfield under maximum pressure to see how he responds, which means that the Watson flirtation is a precursor to them adding someone who would be real competition for Baker Mayfield. That's possible, too that Watson is the shot across the bow and they're going to do something else where when that guy comes in, he doesn't supplant Mayfield. He doesn't knock Mayfield out of town, but he's going to test Mayfield. And you look know, as we've said, if you're going to crumble, if you're going to get pissy, if you're going to go mope because there's competition in the building, then how are you ever going to win a Super Bowl? How are you ever going to be the guy who holds up under the pressure of navigating an ultra difficult AFC playoff field? It's not going to happen. You just go out and do your job better than ever. Right. That's how you deal with it if you're yeah. Baker Mayfield. So I think they're serious about Watson. I do and too. They wouldn't be doing it. No, I, Watson's I do too. Watson's serious about them. Watson would say, "Don't bother to come to to Houston to meet with agreed, me." Agreed. Uh, so yeah, I, 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 here, I, I, here's a yeah. point I want to make though. Go here's ahead. a concern I have. Yep. The lawyer in me has a concern. 
Deshaun Watson's got a pretty busy day today. We talked about this yesterday. He's got a pretty big day, a trying day. He's got a day that if it goes off the rails when he's being interrogated under oath for hours and hours by Tony Busby, who represents the 22 women who have sued him for sexual misconduct during massage therapy sessions. The first lawsuit actually came to light 52 weeks ago today. If he does not perform well at these deposition sessions starting today, He's got to give real answers starting today. If it goes poorly, scatter if you're interested in Deshaun Watson. If that transcript is a mess, if that video is embarrassing to him and to anyone associated with him, scatter. And he's going to have to answer some tough questions because the guy had a clear habit of searching Instagram in in search of massages. And his lawyer has already admitted that some of those massages became sexual encounters, consensual sexual encounters. The problem is there are 22 individuals who objected to the way that Deshaun Watson conducted himself. And if it does not go well, I don't know how you can justify trading for Deshaun Watson. And I know at least one potentially interested team that definitely is going to want to see how things go today. And if you're the Saints, the Panthers, and the Browns, you have to. See how it goes today Yes, before you make any final decisions. And if I'm Rusty Harden, I'm saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. My guy needs to be ready and focused completely and exclusively on today. He doesn't need to be thinking about where he's going to play football next. He doesn't need to be spending time Monday night meeting with the Saints and Panthers. And I know it's not an arduous meeting that's going to leave him physically drained, but you want you want him to be thinking about what was hammered into him yesterday to prepare him for today. You want him to have a... Re- a restful and relaxing Monday night. You want him to get a good night's sleep. You don't want him to have trouble falling asleep because he's got all these different thoughts in his head about where he's going to be playing. Let's remove the distraction. Let's focus on the task at hand. Let's get through Tuesday, and then we'll worry about where he's going to play. The problem is I think the Texans want to get this done by Wednesday to get his salary and his cap number off the books, and these other teams need to know what's going on so they can move on to someone else. So Watson's in a tough spot here. I just hope it doesn't end up being a debacle today because he's too distracted by what his next football stop is going to be. Yeah, hopefully not. I mean, hopefully this is something he's been preparing for for his sake and his team's sake, that this is like he's been studying and grinding on this for probably a month, I would hope, at least how to answer some of these questions. I 100% agree with you that if – you know, he falters and says some things he shouldn't say or that it, it's implied that actions were done that, you know, just don't look right and are going to add to the chatter and and just the, the, the spotlight that's put on Deshaun Watson. If you sign him to a new team, it's going to be dangerous. You're right. So these teams that are interested are going to be, you know, severely evaluating what he has said today. And then, you know, to me, Mike, too, with all these things, right, I mean, we know we've all heard, you know, three number ones for Deshaun Watson and all that. I I still got to think they're not going to get maximum trade value for Deshaun Watson with the current landscape. I got to think that's still a real thing. You know, again, you know, you made the point. And what what I'm asking you, I guess, is just how much does it get devalued? You know, teams are going to sit there and go, well, fine, keep them, Houston Texans, keep them. See how that works. I mean, there is that aspect. We, like you said, we know they have to get rid of him. They have to. He doesn't want them. They don't want him. And they got to figure out how to spend the money. I just wonder how much it devalues the trade overall when it's all said and done. Well, that's why you need two teams, at least, to be negotiating with each other. And Saints-Panthers are perfect because they're in the same division. 
It's a tug of war between division rivals to get Deshaun Watson if he's willing to play for both teams. That's how you get maximum value. But if things go poorly today, that's when teams may say, sorry, I'm out. I'm done. And then if the Saints would tap out and the Panthers would be the last man standing, then it's harder to get a great deal out of the Panthers because, again, the Panthers can say, fine, fine. We got Sam Darnold under contract at $18.8 million. We'll get ready for the season. You go ahead with Deshaun Watson. Get ready to pay him $35 million. Oh, by the way, he's got a $17 million fully guaranteed roster bonus that vests in a few days for next year. So now you're going to owe him $52 million fully guaranteed. over the next- Go ahead. Keep him. Go ahead. Go ahead. Keep holding out and holding out for a trade package you're never going to get. Um, let me tell you, here's how big the stakes are for Watson, because you got to ask yourself how much you want to spend, how much money you actually want to devote to defending yourself against a case like this. And frankly, at a certain point, you just spend that money on resolving the case and moving on. But this case has sufficiently high stakes that if I'm Deshaun Watson, I am authorizing Rusty Harden to charge me at his top hourly rate to grill me in a mock session that will go exactly like the deposition will be today. And I hope, for Deshaun Watson's sake, at some point in the last couple of weeks, month, or whatever, there's been a time where he has sat down across the table from Rusty Harden or someone with his firm, because if Rusty Harden's the one to do it, it could actually impair the relationship between lawyer and client if Rusty Harden does it the right way. You need to have been through a situation where someone comes at you, someone from your legal team comes at you hard comes at you with tough questions, over-the-top, ridiculous stuff to get you ready for this because he's going to experience it today. And I can't overstate how important it is to be ready for that experience. You can't allow your emotion to take over. You can't have the Jack Nicholson moment in A Few Good Men where you finally break down and say, you're damn right I did. Because that's what they're trying to get you to do. I ordered the code red. I ordered it. That's what they're they're trying to get you to do. They're trying to, I said this yesterday, pierce through the preparation. So the preparation has to be damn good. The stakes, as far as civil cases go, it's as high as it can be because it could dramatically reduce his future earning potential, although he's still got his $35 million fully guaranteed for 2022. I would spend a big chunk of that $35 million to be able to withstand what's coming today, and I sure as hell would not be meeting last night with multiple teams and thinking about meeting with the Browns today, but I think the circumstances remove that luxury of being able to focus on one thing, Chris. He's got to, he's got to balance these multiple plates because once this deposition's over, the next order of business is, where am I going to play? And yeah. you hope that the deposition doesn't scare all the teams away. Yeah, that, that's right. I, I would think he schooled up on the deposition. This is not an idiot. I mean, this is, you know, I think, and Rusty Harden, as we know, is a big-time lawyer. So I would think that they're pretty schooled up on that. And, you know, two, you know, yes, the meetings are a distraction, whatever, with the football teams, but nothing like it, it's – it's not like it's like world beating. He's been thinking about teams all together. Now he's just getting a chance to meet these people in person and talk about it. You know, they're not reinventing the wheel. So hopefully he can compartmentalize here and, and go, okay, yeah, I met them, blah, blah, blah. But I still know I got this task at hand for his sake. We'll see where it goes. Uh, but this is, yeah, we got a lot of Deshaun Watson talk left in us, I think, over here in the next few weeks. I'm waiting for the Eagles to make their move. I thought I they think the would Eagles hear are the best yeah. fit. yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm maybe they you. don't want to screw things. I mean, but I, it's not like Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts isn't going to have a potential Baker Mayfield reaction. I think Jalen Hurts gets it, and he's been through it. He got thrown out of Alabama for Tua Tonga-Vailoa. He's been passed over in the draft. He was a second-round pick, and he realizes Deshaun Watson is Deshaun Watson. If they got an opportunity to get him, 
I mean, that's the business. That's how it yes. goes. I think Hertz seems to be very pragmatic about how things work. So it's not like it's going to be a big deal. But I say, I, I think you got to think about the fan base. You don't want to raise the expectations of the folks in Philly that you got a shot at the Sean Watson and then not deliver. Then you're going to have folks really upset with where things currently yeah. are. Yeah, I'm surprised we haven't heard their name here recently. You know, like, like we've talked about, we, we did hear it during the year and leading up to the trade deadline. And your point about Jalen Hurts, I think, is very real. I do. I don't think he'll blink an eye at it. You know, when I was at the Combine, Nick Sirianni, I got a chance to talk to him for my podcast. And the one thing that he emphasized is that the guy is, you know, he's, he's unflappable. He is. You know, and, and he's he, he he's a ex you know, he's a coach's son. He grew up in that environment. He understands about football and all the crap that goes along with it. You know, Sirianni, you know, he even said, like, Jalen, he welcomes being yelled at. That's rare. So I do think he can handle it, but you're right. I think that's the big point, the thing you said at the end. You don't want to put that out there to your fan base unless you think you got a real legit chance of making that happen and making that move. You know, for a lot of reasons, not only the fan base, but why not just keep it quiet so Jalen Hurts doesn't have to hear about it until he has to hear about it. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we heard the Eagles jump in this thing if things go smoothly today for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, um, Seahawks have been mentioned, although, as I continue to say, 2022 Seahawks with Deshaun Watson, not much different than the 2020 yes, Texans. Right. Right? Right. Or Why do just, you want to do that to yourself exactly, if you're Deshaun? Exactly. It just makes no sense to me, at least. You know, the Seahawks, you just go, wait. I mean, it just, it just we, we, we traded away – you know, Russell Wilson, and we thought we were going to build the team, and now we're just going to go with the quarterback again and still not be able to build the team. That's where it wouldn't make sense to me. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. Plenty more to discuss. We'll rip through a bunch of the free agency moves that have been made so far when this Tuesday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. Get off my lawn. Some of my clocks automatically adjust. When I was in college, I would not fall back because I had this old clock where it was a hand crank to go all the way around to set the time, and you had to go 23 hours to go back one hour. You couldn't just go back one hour. I don't even know how, a, like, a hand crank clock, what, what do you mean? That's basically well, something a, I don't even know what you're talking about at this point. It, it's the, it's the uh, a Groundhog Day clock that flips the number over. Oh. And it's you know just, it's the, they just keep flipping yeah. over. That's the clock. Wow. Wow. Actually, a clip from Groundhog Day incorporated into that. Don't send me the bill from whoever holds the rights to Groundhog Day when we get the letter. Uh, no, let's move on. Um, Wait, isn't it like spring forward? <laughs> like what? Isn't it early this year? I mean, the fact that, we, yeah. I mean, before St. Patty's Day? I don't remember it ever being this early ever before. It seems like it gets earlier and the fallback gets later. But but really, that clock, to fall back, you got to go 23 hours around. And and I just didn't do oh, it. Oh, I know. To spin so that I just little thing 23 in. times? Woo, that must have been hard. Woo, man. Well, it was. It was. When you had... When you had better things to do, like nothing at all. Like go pee in the trash can? Yeah. Okay, great. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't in college. I know. That I can remember. (laughs) Sounded good. Uh, (laughs) It's entirely possible that it happened. I just would not be in a position to recall that specific event. That only ever happened to me one time. 
where you wake up the next morning and it's like, what did I? What did do I do last yesterday? Night? Yeah. Yeah, it only happened once. It only happened. Once. I can't say I've had that happen to me either, really. And I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a professional in having some fun on a weekend night. But yeah, I can't say that I've had too many where I I can that I go like, oh, I blacked out or I can't remember what the hell I did last night. I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, but yeah, I think God remember. Yeah, thank God is right. I, I've just I've been fortunate, and and look, it hasn't happened in years. I mean, but when you you know you're growing up in the '80s and you're in college in the '80s and everybody's drinking, and it's just the way it is. And um, but I always had that little voice that would kind of kick in. Okay, stop, just stop, just stop now. And uh, thank God for that. All right, uh, let's continue with some of the free agency moves that have happened so far. Free agency began yesterday at noon Eastern. Don't call it by any other name other than the start of free agency. The Lions have added DJ Chark to a one-year deal. Chark clearly out in Jacksonville after they added Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, and the Lions looking to add competent players whenever and wherever they can. They're looking for a certain type of player as they – they try to reshape the team. You know, it's this cultural reboot that they do every few years. The problem is it takes time to get the players that fit what the new regime wants, and hopefully ownership this time will give Brad Holmes and – why am I blanking on Dan Campbell? I'm thinking ultimately it's Chris Spielman who's got a lot of influence there. The old-school linebacker mentality is what's coming through that organization. They're trying to get guys who fit that that – image that they're trying to project and build in Detroit, Chris. No, they are. They are. And DJ Chark is one of those guys, a little bit like Evan Ingram we talked about earlier, where you go, ooh, I wonder, he's got real potential. All right, It hasn't worked out exactly the way maybe he wanted to in Jacksonville. He got injured last year. But, man, two years before that, he showed signs of being kind of special. I mean, he's 6'3", he runs 4'3", he can fly, and it makes sense for a team, you know, to your point, the, with with um, Detroit, you know, Chark is pretty tough. He is. I've heard some stories about him because Urban Meyer gave him a tough time early in the year. In fact, I was told that one of the reasons he got hurt uh, or, 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 or ended his year was he came back Meyer early. Meyer kicked him? Yeah. Well, Meyer kicked him? No, he came back early because Meyer was riding him so hard. And he practiced even though he shouldn't have. And that kind of finished off his, his foot or ankle for the year to where it was like, okay, he's done now. So, you know, he fits that mold, I think. And they probably have done their due diligence that way. And then I think when you talk about their receiving core in general, Amon Ross St. Brown, a guy that can do a little everything, slot and outside, maybe more slot. Khalif Raymond's there. He's a smaller guy. He is a slot guy. And now you got a DJ Shark who can work outside and be, you know, the, the size guy, 50-50 guy, and just run by people. That's a good signing by them. The... Uh... Philadelphia Eagles, we mentioned them earlier as it relates to Deshaun Watson. They added Hassan Reddick, who had double-digit sacks last year. He had 11 last year. He had 12.5 in his contract year with the Arizona Cardinals. Does not stay in Carolina. Lands in Philadelphia on a three-year deal. Um, Thoughts on Reddick joining the Eagles, Chris? How to be done. I mean, the Eagles can't rush the passer. They don't like the blitz. They like to rush four. All right. I mean, we talked about that at the end of the year. They're a little bit simplistic on that side of the ball, you know. And they were towards the bottom of the league, or let me just double check, towards the bot- second to last in football in sacks last year. Had to be done. Let alone they run a scheme that's, you know, it's a lot like the Seattle scheme, or you know, the rooted in that, you know, Tony Dungy Tampa two cover three, where they believe in, you know, guys that can get on the edge, get really wide, the wide nine technique. 
and fly after the quarterback. And they have not had that guy there in Philadelphia. So Reddick, it's two years in a row where it's double-digit sacks to where we question, wait, what position is he and all that stuff, to now we just go, damn, he's a legit force as a pass rusher. Went to Temple. I'm sure they have some pretty good history on him and know what he is as a guy. I thought that was a, an awesome signing by the Eagles. They needed that. Rich Gannon defensive coordinator there he needed that for his own defense and that scheme jonathan gannon not rich gannon damn sorry rich gannon yeah, yeah that would have been that would be quite a career damn, rich is coaching defensive coordinator yeah <laughs> uh here's a surprise the cowboys keep demarcus lawrence a three-year deal with 30 million guaranteed they find a way to work it out and keep him around instead of letting him go chris there was a there was a thought he was on the way out Lawrence, even though we've seen the production tail off and there was injury last year, they're keeping him around. Yeah, that, that? that big, big for the Cowboys. I mean, he's as we talked about last week. He's, you know, really their 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 only blue chip defense alignment. Where you, but but there has been the injury history. I I was interested to see if he might get out in the market and kind of just see like what well, what's out there. Maybe can I get more than this? But I think this is a guy that you know he loves Dallas. He loves the Cowboys. He loves the Jones family. He knows a restart's not always that easy. He also, I think he's he's a pretty realistic guy to know he's been injured. And then he hasn't maybe, you know, given back his full as far as what he's been paid the last few years. But uh, it's a great job by the Cowboys getting him. I mean, if, if he's not on their defensive line, it would change around my thought of their defense in general. Uh, he's a really good football player, good by them. Yeah, uh, and uh, look, the Cowboys, uh, they're one of these teams that every year is going to have cap issues. People were like, why didn't they go out and sign a bunch of guys yesterday? got to have cap space to yeah, do it. And can. the Cowboys trying to hold together what they have. And it's always smart. We haven't made this point yet this year, but let me go ahead and make it now. You see all this money get thrown around early, and different teams have different motivations for doing it. It's always smarter to sit and wait right. and let the market settle. You're going to get better deals, unless you're the Steelers getting Mitchell Trubisky. But you're typically going to get better deals if you wait into next week you get to the second phase the money isn't flowing as freely that's where the smart yes. teams go right. but but strategically last year look at the patriots that, strategically they did it last year every now and then they went out and spent yeah, yeah. right you know it, 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 you said it right it's dependent on your team there's some teams that have some you know desperate needs as far as like wait we got to change the way our whole perception of our team or you know hey wait we're we, you know even though we're a good team we have a desperate need of this position and we just we got to be a player day one, and I think we saw that a little mixture of all that uh, yesterday with, with with the NFL. Uh, yes, this absolutely. being one of them, the, the Chiefs, right? We're going to talk about that. Chiefs, Here's a team we know they're defensive damn good. side of the ball, yeah, right? Holding Frank Clark in place with a two-year, twenty-nine million dollar deal. There was there was a thought he was going to be gone, and Tyron Matthew undoubtedly will be gone. He didn't get a new contract. He's a free agent. They go after safety Justin Reed instead on a three-year, $31.5 million deal, trying to address some of the weaknesses that they had last year, hoping to get more out of Frank Clark. He's still facing felony weapons charges in California, but the league will not be putting him on any type of suspension or paid leave while that case goes forward. So the Chiefs making a bit of a calculated risk there that they're going to have Clark available. And my guess is the contract accounts for the possibility that things could go sideways for him in that pending criminal case. But, you know, that, that, hey, in that conference and in that division, you better be worried about your defense or you're going to have to score 50 points a game. Yeah. Uh, you know, lowered his cap number. He's still a force to be reckoned with. I mean, he got off to a bad start last year because, you know, yes, legal issues and a whole bunch of stuff going on. But at the end of the year, he was phenomenal. So it makes sense. And I think also, Mike, with guys like this, 
You know, I always think about something you bring up a lot. And it's just, hey, they traded a lot and invested a lot in this guy to get him there a few years ago. And he helped them get over the hump to get to the Super Bowl. I don't think they want to let him out the door for, for nothing. So, yeah, they re-signed a guy that's been a big part of what they do there. I, I get that. And I'm not surprised to see them make the move at safety. You know, I, I know you heard me say during the season a little bit and all that. And, hey, I mean, Tyron Matthews good, but him being a part of the elite safety, top safety in football conversation has come and gone. And I, I, I don't say that you know, easily, because I really respect Tyron Matthew. But, but hey, you saw the end of the season, too. I mean, there was some games there where you'd go, I, I, was, I, didn't, I don't remember him doing anything on the field. You know, he's not the force he once was. Reed, young, in his prime, more athletic, more explosive. I think it makes sense as far as the Chiefs are concerned. Yeah, and uh, they're going to have some work to do to keep up with the likes of the Chargers, the Broncos, yeah, and we'll you're see right. what the Raiders have in store. Broncos add defensive tackle DJ Jones on a three-year, $30 Whoa. million deal. Initial reaction to that, what do you think? That, that to me is it's like he's one of the guys that's like one of those under-the-radar, again, I think, like, wow, difference-making type of players that you don't call him a superstar, but I bet you that hurts Shanahan and Lynch watching DJ Jones walk out the door. You know, they can't pay everybody. They know they're going to have to pay Nick Bosa soon. They got some issues they got to deal with here. They're going to have to pay Debo Samuel. DJ Jones is like a phenomenal defensive tackle. Phenomenal. Like borderline star there. He really is. So for them to get, for the Broncos to get him $10 million, you know, EJ Evero, new defensive coordinator there, he's going to be running that, you know, Brandon Staley type of system. It's a guy that can defensive tackle, nose tackle, can do it all. He's a really, really awesome player that's not a household name yet. Buccaneers keeping the band together. Carlton Davis, three year, $45 million deal to stay put. They kept Ryan Jensen, the center. They're doing what they can to hold it together now that Tom Brady's coming back. And, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not, you know, a gigantic deal for Davis, but it gives him a chance to get to the market again in a few years. And I see five-year deals. I see three-year deals. I always want the shorter term because usually the stuff at the back end is fluff and it's team. It's more team friendly because it doesn't reflect where the salary cap's going to go. So if you can choose between shorter and longer deal, take the shorter deal always if you're the player. That's right. I mean, any of these four or five-year deals, we probably should say it that way. I mean, the four or five-year deals are really two-year deals with the guaranteed money. And the rest of it, you're going to have to play your ass off to earn those last two or three years of the deal. You know, like you said, with J.C. Jackson, right? Five-year, $82.5 million, $20 million a year in the first two years. He got $40 million guaranteed. He's going to have to earn the rest of it, you know, or, well, or, to, or, or Chris, play so or good and renegotiate so good. it. You're right. underpaid. Exactly. You play so good, you're underpaid. Right. That's probably why he took it. He's probably going to take that angle a little bit and go, okay, well, even if I don't play my best, you know, okay, they can, they can handle – you know, $16 million a year. It's not, it's not a killer to them. Um, but, yeah, like you said, it, it's usually sh- set up that way. Carlton Davis, Todd Bowles, they want to blitz. They put their corners in tough positions other than against the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. That's what they do. Davis didn't have his best year, but he's got, like, you know, top-of-the-market type talent, in my opinion, as far as an island pure cover corner that way. Uh, and, hey, Brady's back. They need guys like him, certainly. Uh, among the many moves the Packers have made in recent days, linebacker Devondre Campbell, five-year, $50 million deal. He gets paid. He sticks around. And th- th- they need their defense to be ready to step up and perform. It's got to be a total team effort if they're going to get past the likes of the Rams, the Buccaneers, the elite teams 
in the NFC that have a knack for beating them in the postseason. Yeah, right. And he's the perfect guy for the DJ Sharks, the Evan Ingrams of the world to go, look, here's a guy that signed a one-year deal and then kicked some butt, and now he's getting $10 million a year on a new football team. You know, good for him, really. Kind of like refound himself in his career, found the perfect spot there. And, you know, you said it right, Mike. There's, there's nobody in the middle of that defense of the linebacker position that, you know, anybody knows, really. He's the only guy there. He's clearly their best player in the middle of the defense. He's long and big, and he can still run. So good signing by, by the Packers. And the Green Bay Packers have finally gotten the John Hancock on the contract. Aaron Rodgers, he was, he was very quick to point out last week he has not signed his new contract with the Packers, Wait. contrary to reports that he had. Whoa. The only caveat is no one had reported that he had signed. Whoa. But he still felt compelled to tell us he hadn't signed. He has signed. Uh, and You're actually first. multitasking. You're first. I managed to beat. Whoa. Suck it, Rappaport. <laughs> I managed to beat him by 41 seconds while I'm on the air, baby. Right, which means um, you weren't listening to me and didn't hear some of the things I said. What a jerk friend never, you are. What do. a jerk friend you do. are. I'm, but good job I'm actually beating Ian Rappaport on the tweet. Way to go. Way to go, while, friend. While you are talking, I am trying to find an expert from Playmakers that I can read on the air <laughs> later, or excerpt, I mean. Uh, the, now, I didn't report this. I didn't report this because uh, I can only do so much while we're on the air. $28 million wow. is the cap number for 2022. It's down to $28 million. It was $46 million. Two dummy years on the back end of the deal. It's going to be interesting to see the full details of the deal. There's going to be plenty of evidence about how long he's going to stay. Is he making a two-year commitment? Are they making a two-year commitment? Is it year to year? What's the penalty if he decides to walk away? There's going to be a lot in there. I was told last week, watch very carefully the details. The expectation is that he's going to be able to retire after any year of the deal, and that would also allow the Packers to trade him after any year of the deal if he's gotten some sort of a wink nod understanding that once he decides he's done, it's retire or maybe say trade me to another team. So I think this Aaron Rodgers thing that we went through this year is going to be an annual occurrence, and he's going to have to reset, re-up every year with the Packers. This is a cap thing. And whenever he does go, Chris, and we've seen teams have to do this in the past, and it's a reality for every team that has a franchise quarterback. The first year that guy's gone, maybe the second, too, you're taking a big cap charge. right. You're you're carrying around dead money for a guy who doesn't work there anymore. Yeah, that's that's part of the song and dance with, you know, having a franchise quarterback at the end of the career and trying to make it all work. It's just part of, you know, the lumps you got to take. With that. And the Saints, they, they had to deal with that a little bit, right, with Drew Brees last year. Uh, so we'll, we'll see where it goes, definitely. But, I mean, that's that's a significant lowering of the cap. And, you know, Mike, if you said what, what, that right, where he's going to be able to walk away, you know, at, at every year whenever he wants, it's, it's just another piece of evidence where I go, hey, Denver Broncos, you, you, you lucked out. You're better off with Russell Wilson, and you don't have to deal with that song and dance on a yearly basis. And you got a guy that you know is going to be there for a long time, and not going to have to deal with you know all the all the media hype around that situation. And he likes it. We know he likes it. He's taken this weird heel turn over the course of the last year, where it's a combination of he loves the attention and he doesn't mind that some of the people hate hearing from him or hate what he has to say. He's he's become this guy that is sufficiently content with the chunk that love him that 
he can say the hell with those oh. who don't. He used to be the guy who wanted no negativity whatsoever. Now he just doesn't. What happened with him and Brady? What happened with him and Brady? They used to both be that guy. Now I feel like they can't go a day where if they're not like the lead story on Instagram and media, they're like, wait, I got to do something. I mean, it's just it's Brady. It's Rodgers. It's Brady. It's Rodgers. It's Brady. I feel like this is all we talk about since the season's end. We had the Super Bowl week, and even during that, we were talking about these two damn guys. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. It's really like I'm, I'm getting to my threshold. And even though I love watching well, these guys play quarterback, damn, we got to talk about them a lot. Yeah, I know, but we could also I know instead talk about DJ Chark. So that's that's the reality. <laughs> got to play the Charky, hits sometimes. Charky, 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 we, Charky. We, listen, we got we got to play the hits, and everybody is interested. I can show you the real time traffic at PFT. Everybody's interested in Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. That's are. just kind of the way it is. And periodically in Antonio Brown, but but not all the time. But when he does something really significant, they're very interested in Antonio Brown. They need to be interested in Brian Flores and watching how his litigation against the NFL goes. He spoke to a group of lawyers on Monday about a broader fight that he is waging against a practice that way too many American employers use to keep allegations of misconduct in the dark and to avoid the accountability that maybe should go with that kind of misbehavior. We'll explain that next here on PFT Live. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win defeating every shifting threat protecting our nation's future the few the proud the marines brian flores has a landmark race discrimination lawsuit class action against the nfl with other allegations contained in it the dolphins have already attempted to get the commissioner to move the claims against that team into forced arbitration. It's part of what every head coach agrees to when he signs his contract. And Chris, we've talked about it. You're not going to say, if you're finally getting an opportunity to become an NFL head coach, you're not going to look at the contract and say, there's a clause in here that says any claims or disputes will be resolved by the commissioner or his representative. Can we cross that out? Because if we don't, I'm not going to work here. I mean, the lawyers call that a contract of adhesion. It's take it or leave it. You're not going to negotiate your way out of it. They're just going to move on to somebody else. There isn't any real power to avoid it. And what we have seen recently, Congress passed a law and the president signed it into law that for sexual harassment and sexual assault claims in the workplace, forced arbitration clauses won't work. There's now a movement to make race discrimination claims also exempt from forced arbitration. And what happens with forced arbitration, it's very simple. The case moves out of the court system. One person, a lawyer, and ideally it's independent and neutral, but it's one person who is looking at it very rationally and objectively, and it's harder for the individual to get the kind of justice that comes from a jury of our peers. The companies don't want a jury to be scrutinizing the wrongdoing that happens in many corporations at any given time. And so more and more corporations take advantage of this mandatory arbitration clause. The pushback is coming from the government. And Brian Flores, speaking yesterday, the American Association of Justice, had some good things to say about why it's wrong to expect employees to submit their grievances to this secret process. It never sees the light of day. It happens in a conference room. The transcripts aren't available. Reporters can't attend. You have no idea what happens 
and maybe you find out what the end result was, but it it doesn't have the same, Chris, the same kind of of exposure it needs to have to hold people accountable and get them to change their behavior. No, well, it, it, just, it doesn't seem right, just at a, a human level. I mean, whatever, a business ethics level, you know, again, hey, the company that I have a real issue with and a problem with that mistreated me, you know, I'd like to tell everybody about that issue and be compensated just as, you know, ju- you know justifiably. Oh, wait, I got to go through the company that treated me crap to make that happen? I mean, that makes no sense. It doesn't. It's almost when you now, say it out loud, you go, how is that even allowed? How is there not a law to stop it? Most companies will use an independent arbitration agency. The NFL uses... The commissioner who's bought and paid for by the owners, which is ridiculous. It's ludicrous. It's a conflict of interest. And one thing I'm trying to get people to do, especially people in the media who speak to the fans, stand up and say how wrong that is, how how skeevy it seems. There's something wrong with the idea that the commissioner is the one who is deciding the claims made against the teams who hire the commissioner, pay the commissioner, retain the commissioner. It's wrong, and more people need to say it. And if the NFL has a problem with it, sorry, NFL, it's your problem because you're the one using the inherently corrupt practice that stacks the deck or decks the stack in your favor. Yeah, agreed, agreed. It, it, it doesn't. A, a you, company, missed, you missed my, my little – I, I, I saw, I saw right. their stack the decks, deck the stack. Yes, it does. It, I guess – Yes, a company that's so in the spotlight, this powerful, such a big part of the fabric of America. That's where I guess you're. I'm surprised, and I, you know, you are too. The fact that, yeah, you know, again, that the, the arbitration is the company itself. That doesn't make sense, and I don't think it's a good look for the NFL, and and it's not a good look for any big or- corporation that way. So we'll see where it goes, but you know, he's he's going to fight an uphill battle here, and I I would be shocked if it doesn't go any way but arbitration uh, as far as this is concerned. But the NFL can't say on one hand that it's serious about fixing this problem and on the other hand try to force these claims into secret arbitration that never solves the problem because it never has the light of day on it that it should. we got to take a break. But before that, NFL media reports that the Patriots are trading Chase Winovich to the Browns for Mac Wilson, a linebacker for linebacker trade, Chris. So uh, the Browns making moves, the Patriots making moves. We'll make a move to a break when we return. We're going to draft the happiest people from the first day of free agency. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. Check out Bet the Edge, their brackets and bet show, 11 a.m. on YouTube. I will once again, Chris emerge from the NCAA tournament with a bracket that has no wrong guesses whatsoever for the 15th straight year. I will not get a single guess wrong in my bracket. Well, just do it. Why don't you want to do it? What's 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 like, I don't know. let's do it I this year. Follow, I don't, I don't, I don't I only follow the NFL. I would be clueless beyond clues. Maybe I'd be better than I was back when I actually followed college basketball and thought I knew who was going to win. Maybe I'd actually do better if I just randomly picked teams. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't disagree with you. I'm not an expert either. It's fun to do. It doesn't matter. It gets the, you know, I like to get my family, get my wife involved, to get everybody involved. I mean, I, I started watching college basketball last weekend with like just some of the, you know, Big East tournament, the SEC tournament. So I'm clueless as well, but it is fun to kind of partake and see if you can't luck into a good bracket every now and then. 
Here's what's fun, our daily draft. Today's draft, who's happiest after the first day of free agency? Chris, you're up. Well, Trevor Lawrence is the happiest. How could he not be? I mean, hey, one, his defense got better. We know that. That's great. But damn, I mean, what they did on the offensive side of the ball, that's pretty damn special too. You get Evan Ingram, superstar potential. Zay Jones, really good receiver, right? You know, the Christian Kirk, another guy I'd go has star potential. I mean, you know, again, he can beat you deep for 70-yard bombs. You know, I think you add that, and then you go, oh, the best guard on the market and Brandon Scherf. I mean, just wow. How could Trevor Lawrence not be one of the happiest guys in football today? I got to flip it over, same position, but a guy who's in a better position to actually get to the postseason with his team's moves and his own uh ability is Justin Herbert the Chargers quarterback everything they've done even though it doesn't help the offense it helps the defense which puts less pressure on the offense and puts Herbert in a better position to compete in the AFC West he's got to be very happy with the efforts of Brandon Staley to beef up the defense while they can before it's time see implicit in the fact that they're spending now before they have to pay Justin Herbert is the realization that they will be paying Justin Herbert so they're spending now because they know they're going to pay him later yeah I know I mean you're right spend now I mean Brandon Staley was probably going to be the guy I was going to use for that because like he's the defensive guy that everybody questioned the defense last year he's probably going damn now I got the players everybody can get off my back a little bit with that crap there uh so yeah that that that's one that you know definitely the Chargers made some big moves yesterday um I guess I'm going to stay with my young quarterback thing I'll go with Zach Wilson here you know, Zach Wilson, how can he not be happy? You got an awesome guard in Lakin Tomlinson that understands the scheme and improves your offensive line. You know, we talked about it. You got the tight end, C.J. Azuma from, from the Bengals. I mean, that's, that's a big day. I mean, I, I look at those two big moves there and go, man, the Jets, they, they got the potential to have a very good offensive line this year. And you couple, you know, Uzuma, Azuma, I can't say his name today. I don't know why. Uh, but you add him. With Corey Davis, they re-signed Braxton Berrios, who carved out a little niche in the offense as a slot receiver last year. Elijah Moore, you know, at receiver on the other side. Man, the Jets got something going in the right direction there with the personnel. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it would be a more fun draft if it was the – the most unhappy people after day one, but I guess we just killer of fun. Mike Florio, Teddy Bridgewater, (laughs) Teddy Bridgewater has got to be happy because he walks into Miami with a six and a half million dollar deal. The ability to make another three and a half million and kind of a quiet understated reality that maybe he'll be playing some quarterback this year and he's going to do it the right way. He's not going to rock the boat. He's, he's not going to try to get to and on after him, but he gets a chance to play at some point. He runs that Shanahan offense, and there's a thought that he's going to run it very well. He goes back home to Miami after all these years of meandering around the NFL. It could be a very good move for Teddy Bridgewater. Definitely. I mean, and also it checks the box for every segment of a Minnesota flashback moment by you. It's a perfect draft pick. But, uh, yes, I mean, it it is a good move by him. There's no question. Not a good flashback. It's not a good flashback. It's still a flashback. Yeah, it's still a flashback. You still brought it back to Minnesota. You're you're so-called, oh, I'm equal to all teams, except I just happen to talk about Minnesota in every segment of every show. But I don't really care that much about them. Sure, sure you don't. Sure there, slugger. All right. Um, well, even though maybe it would well, – I guess I'm just going to go three quarterbacks here. i got to go Joe Burrow. I mean, again, I mean, we know the, the, the biggest weakness of their football team, offensive line, biggest reason they didn't win the Super Bowl, offensive line. 
you know, get to address that and day one free agency, get two players there. You know, that was a big move. Now, I mean, we can question certainly how they do business, but, you know, got a damn good guard and got another guy from the New England Patriots who you know is going to be coached, well-schooled, and can play all three positions in the interior part of the offensive line. You know, I'll, I'll give the Bengals some kudos for protecting their main asset in Joe Burrow. I'm going to do what you do, and I'm going to go general with this one because I could have either gone Nick Casario, who finally has a real trade market emerging for Deshaun Watson, or Lovey Smith, who has said multiple times, basically, can we get this over with, please, <laughs> and move on for Deshaun Watson. Right. So I'll just say the Texans because they finally, after all this time and all this concern that maybe they're going to get stuck with Deshaun Watson because he's going to be indicted or whatever the case may be, on paid leave this year potentially, and they'd owe him $35 million fully guaranteed, no. The clouds are parting. The teams are lining up. They do have to hold their breath about how the deposition goes today, but the Texans should be happy because it's clear that there are going to be multiple suitors at the table for Deshaun Watson. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll wrap up this Tuesday edition of PFT Live right after this. We've had two actual reviews of Playmakers so far. This one comes from the New York Journal of Books. Now, it's all positive, but I guess they feel compelled to have propaganda, something propaganda, propaganda. Go ahead, read it. You're likely to find many of these little essays in turn provocative, entertaining, interesting, or just plain fun. The only caution is that the essay should be taken in small doses, never more than one section at a time or less. They fit nicely into the idle time, such as waiting for your slow computer to reboot or times of contemplation. <laughs> Great review. Such as, hey, read such this as, book when you're really bored and, you know, things or, aren't working right. Then open the book. <laughs> the, 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 whole, the whole idea the whole idea was because I have a very short attention span, so I wrote a book that I would read. And I would enjoy reading a book that isn't one long 90,000-word narrative yeah. with long chapters i when i read a book it's like when's a chapter going to end i want to get to the end of the chapter these chapters end in two to three pages they're 750 to a thousand words it was specifically designed that way yeah it's for reading while you are doing something that takes five to ten minutes while sitting down okay right. that's where i'll place Never my mind. copy i know that room you're talking about i'll place it right there no doubt about it it's you very can, fitting you can rip out the pages that's one at right a time. and the chris sims uh, almost right. died section's only three pages i'll zoom right through it thanks for joining us <laughs> See you tomorrow. Have a great day. Treat dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's Day with gifts up to 60% off.